This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, let's do this thing. Seth Dunlap and Tim Zimmer. It's our special NCAA preview tournament podcast. We came up with that name uh, literally 10 minutes ago. Well, not even 10 minutes ago, a couple of minutes ago. Um, because this is kind of off the fly. We wanted to talk a little college basketball, a little March Madness and NCAA hoops, and here we are podcasting before even the play-in game. So with you, Seth Dunlap, host of The Last Lap, 8 to 11 weeknights on WWL, and our NASCAR expert, also college basketball junkie, college basketball better extraordinaire, Tim Zimmer, sitting to my left. Timmy, what's going on? You know, normally when I do these NC tournament brackets, I don't really follow much until March, until February, but this year I've been kind of like just all in on college basketball, so I feel like I know way more than I know normally, which is probably a bad thing considering the people who know the most usually do the worst in these tournament brackets. That's true. Usually if you just pick by color or like team Animal. name. Animal always works sometimes. <laughs> it does. It does. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to talk a little LSU at the top because a lot of our audience is LSU fans. And then uh, we'll talk a lot, uh, not a lot, a little, but not a lot just specifically about LSU. Then we're going to go bracket by bracket, uh, break down each of the regions, and then we'll have some picks and predictions in this and maybe a sleeper teams and seeds, like number one seeds we think are going to fall. Sound good, Timmy? That works with me. Let's talk LSU then to start it off here. Uh, LSU, the number three seed in the East region. I wrote about this yesterday. I thought it was a pretty darn good draw for them, not just the seed line. But if you look at their path to a Sweet 16, I think it's pretty favorable. They get Yale, the Ivy League team, in the first round. Then they'll play the winner of uh, that Maryland against the Belmont Temple winner who's playing in a first four game. So that's your path to the Sweet 16, and what you don't see there is any team with really exceptional guard play that I think would have given them trouble. I think it was great for LSU, and they were a 3 seed when everybody thought, well, the selection committee might penalize them to a 4 or even a 5. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was a great seed for LSU. 3 seed was what I was expecting, and the good thing is we don't find anybody that's I don't. I see Belmont as a decent team, but LSU may not even play Belmont if they beat Yale. So I think the draw was really good. Maryland is a really young team, so if LSU does advance and beat Yale, Maryland's a team that doesn't really worry me. Um, I have Temple actually playing LSU in this in the next round, but then again, that playing game is kind of weird. Anybody could really win that one. But I thought overall the draw against Yale. I mean, Yale has one good player. Um, Yale was second place in the in the Ivy League. They won their. This is the first year Ivy League did a t- conference tournament. So Yale ended up winning yesterday or on Sunday in the conference tournament and got that uh, guaranteed seed. So, I mean, I think LSU, the way they're looking right now, a lot of people, a lot of experts out there are going to take Yale as the big upset. But when you're looking at it, LSU is just way more talented. And I think this is kind of funny because this is kind of like the the game where both teams have a little um, you know investigation going on. LSU has the investigation with the uh, wiretapping. Yale has one of their coaches under FBI investigation with paying college students for scholarships. And then who's right below? Them? And then right below them, you have Louisville um, that's had their own little problems versus a Minnesota team whose son, Rick Patino's son, coaches. 
So that's another interesting storyline right there. So this whole little bottom bracket with uh, all this going on, it, it's it, I thought the, I thought it was really funny. Yeah, well, I tell you this: uh, the Ivy League has I think they're eight and thirty-two somewhere around there. I don't have the stat right in front of me. Eight and thirty-two, eight and thirty-four, something like that, all time in the NCAA tournament. Well, and the but now here's the but. Two Ivy League teams have won their round of 64 game this decade. You have Harvard doing it a few years ago. You had Cornell doing it, I think, in 2010, both as heavy underdogs. So the recent trend here for the Ivy League is they can give teams trouble in round one, but I'm not really worried about LSU. And last time Yale was in the tournament, they actually, I think it was in 2015 or 2014, they beat Baylor as the 14 seed. So last time Yale was in it, they played a three seed and they beat Baylor. So... Won't don't you know? Don't be surprised if Yale gives them a good game here. But I still think LSU wins this one. Okay. Um, now after Yale, if you look at uh, that Maryland, look Maryland's going to be expected to beat uh, Temple or uh, was it Bradley? I'm like, I, I, it's Belmont. And Belmont. Temple. Thank you, Belmont. Yeah, yeah. Belmont and Temple. Um, uh, Temple has better guard play than Belmont. And the reason I keep going back to guard play is I think in that kind of matchup, LSU's just going to destroy any decent front court that they see. And I'll tell you, that's what uh, Maryland has. They rely on their forwards. If you're looking forward to the round of 32 game, they're a team that loves to rely on their front court, and I don't think LSU is really going to have relatively much problem with them. I think this is a team like, oh, say, Alabama uh, or uh, maybe like an Arkansas type in the SEC. Uh, I just don't see LSU having problems there. Yeah, Maryland's one of the youngest teams in college basketball. I want to say they're the third youngest of uh, all the teams there. I don't don't quote me on that, but I know they're one of the youngest. And this Maryland team, they they lost in Nebraska in the first round, in the, you know, their first game in the Big Ten tournament. Nebraska team that was really bad this year after they lost their their best player. So I don't really I don't really like this Maryland team at all. I I wouldn't be shocked if they lost in the first round. The one team that I think the experts out there are t- talking are hyping up is Belmont. I think they said they're they're a pretty good shooting team. They play decent defense. But like again, they may lose in that playing game to Temple. Like I like I like Temple to advance. But um yeah, I mean I think LSU has a good draw. I think talent wise, LSU should be able to beat the you know, get out of this Jacksonville uh regional. Um coaching, I don't think coaching comes into effect until this until the Sweet Sixteen, Elite Eight, because when coaching coaching shouldn't be an issue. I think a lot of people, a lot of experts out there are gonna say coaching, this is why I think LSU is gonna lose because because they don't well Wade's not there. I mean you kinda saw that against Florida. Yeah, so I was gonna ask you the the ending against Florida when you had the, the terrible technical foul uh, by Tony Benford and the meltdown by LSU players in uh, the end of regulation um, of that game when they lost, I think that does go back to coaching, so I am a little worried, Tim. Well, I'll put it this way. Florida played LSU tough two games before that with Will Wade. Florida's a really bad matchup for LSU, so I was expecting the LSU to, you know, to, to, to have a close game with Florida there. So, I mean, you look at the coaching against Vanderbilt's a terrible team. LSU destroyed Vanderbilt. I just think that I thought the coaching was pretty pretty decent in the Florida game. I just thought it was a bad matchup for LSU, and that's why they lost. So I, I think a bad matchup all year long, man. With Florida, Florida always plays them tough. Well, and I thought I thought the meltdown by the uh, you know, but Coach Benford was. I thought he had every right to get mad because I thought it was a terrible call on the technical foul before the technical foul on the seven point play or whatever it was. Um, but you know, I think I think LSU. Will, I think coaching won't be an issue until if they get to the Sweet 16. I think when if they face a Michigan State in the Sweet 16, I think that's when coaching become the X's and O's become more important. Well, uh, Yale, if we go back to the first round, LSU's opponent there, they've only played four top 100 teams this year. Um, they lost 
three of the four. They beat Miami 77 to 73, but lost to Duke, lost to Memphis, lost to Vermont. Can they win? Of course they can win. Anybody can win in this tournament. Ask Virginia that about uh, last year, the UMBC upset. So you can't take anybody lightly, but if you're talking about talent, I think LSU is okay. Now, the final question here, we talked a lot about on the court, off the court. How much is this Will Wade situation going to hang over and affect this team? Are they still all... Uh, it's They seemed... Apathetic's the wrong word. They, they seemed completely dysfunctional in that entire second half to me and lost without the, their leader, their coach, Will Wade. Well, you'll see in the first half, if Yale hangs around in the first half, then I can definitely see LSU potentially being an upset alert. I think if LSU comes out fired up, but they come out with you know with a, with with that edge they have they had against Vanderbilt, with that edge they had kind of in that first half against Florida, um, I think LSU should run away with it. Um, you know, other than that, I I don't know. I don't know how much the Will Wade situation will affect him. It could, but then again, I don't I don't think coaching will be affect effect. You know, I don't like I said, I don't think coaching will be a big factor until the second weekend. We will find out. Okay, let's go region by region now. We'll start in the East. That's where LSU's playing. Like Tim said, they're in that Jacksonville pod. This is that pod system that I love. So you have the Maryland game, the LSU game in the East region, then you're also going to have a couple of games, uh, what is it, from the the Midwest region, Wofford and Seton Hall, Kentucky and Abilene Christian, all in that pod system, um, that Jacksonville pod playing all there together, even though they're in different brackets. So the East, though, look, this is the big bad region where you've got big bad Duke there. They're the one seed. Now, lucky for LSU, they're a three seed, not a four seed. Because they're a four seed, they're on the same half of the bracket as Duke. They would not face Duke until a regional final. And even in that case, every LSU fan is going to be going nuts. Other teams to watch, Michigan State won the Big Ten. Uh, even with all the injuries, Tom Izzo has that team playing exceptionally well. Watch out for Virginia Tech. We've seen VCU um, go on runs before. They're in that top half, although they would play Duke in the second round. Also, Mississippi State. People have been telling me, and I don't know that I necessarily agree with this, but I'm just telling you what I've told, uh, heard. Scott Alexander said this on our tournament uh, preview show this Sunday. And then I also saw this on the SEC Network, the people thinking Mississippi State primed for a run. So Duke is the heavy favorites in this bracket. They are um, even money or better, depending on the book, the casino that you go to, to win this Bracket, and I think that's right. I, I I expect Duke to roll at least until the regional final here. I don't see anybody close to them on the opposite half. I like I like LSU and Michigan State a lot, but you never know. Yeah, I actually thought Duke kind of kind of got a bad draw here because this I like this VCU team a lot. I don't like them playing Duke in the second round, but I thought VCU could be a team that could get to the Sweet Sixteen. This is a team that plays really good defense. They don't score that much, but they can run with the ball. Um, if they can lock down, I don't think it's going to happen, but if they can somehow lock down Zion, lock down the middle, and force Duke to shoot three-pointers, I think that's the way you beat Duke. And I don't see any team other than maybe Virginia Tech giving them a run. I don't see that happening. But like I said, if VCU was in a different bracket, if they were playing a different team and they weren't an 8 or 9, I think VCU could definitely be a Sweet 16 team. Um, you mentioned Mississippi State. I, I, I don't really like this, the Bulldogs here just because – They've had games where they should have won teams against against Kentucky. They've played Florida. They have had these teams in the SEC where they 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 should have won or they they had the lead and they blew it. So that's and I and there's Liberty. It's a five twelve matchup. I'm picking Liberty here, not because of the twelve seed, just because Liberty has been a pretty effective, pretty efficient offensive offensively. And the one thing about Liberty is weird because like Liberty Liberty was like a three a D three school just a couple years ago. They signed the old Miss head coach in football, and now like they're a powerhouse in their conference in basketball. So like this little Catholic school Liberty is like 
blowing up at the sports world right now in, in athletics in their conference. So I just thought it was interesting that. Um, so don't be surprised if a team like Liberty upsets a Mississippi State here. Um, other than that, I, I think it's mostly chalk in this bracket. I think I think I have Virginia Tech playing. I have Virginia Tech playing Duke in the Sweet 16. Um, I really don't like this Michigan State team. So I, like I don't Why know. Why don't you like them? Why don't you like Michigan State? They're, they. They lost their best player earlier this season. They've been pretty good without him. Yeah, they'll be I, good enough to win both the Big Ten uh, regular season and conference tournament. Michigan State's one of those teams that, that always does well in the tournament. I just – I don't know. There's, I, I also mentioned earlier a couple weeks ago that I, I like this Bradley team a lot, but they got a bad draw. Bradley's playing Michigan State in the first round. I thought Bradley could be a team that can get a that could upset a team. I don't know if Bradley can upset Michigan State here. Like They're a 23-point underdog. But I wouldn't be shocked if they cover that game. So I like the Bradley. Uh, I like Bradley, but I don't like them winning. Um, I don't think Louisville. I, I, I remember Louisville playing Michigan State in the Elite Eight, a couple Sweet Sixteens, a couple years ago when Patino was there. Those were really good matchups. I just think Michigan State has Michigan State and Duke have pretty pretty smooth sailings. It'll be interesting to see who comes out of that that Mich- Mississippi State Virginia Tech uh, San Jose uh, draw because I could see a team like Liberty. Getting getting an upset and maybe potentially you know you know knocking off of Virginia Tech San St. Louis they've been really hot. The one thing I don't like about St. Louis is that they're just really bad at free throw shooting. They're 350th in the country in free throw oh, shooting. That's good info. So if you're taking a team like St. Louis to win, it may come down to free throw shooting, and that's not what you're going to need in the tournament. Who do you have coming out of this region? I have Duke. I think Duke's the obvious choice. I don't think Duke gets really tested. Like as far as I think VCU might give them a test. But I don't think it's actually going to be a big test. You know what's interesting? I think Duke's biggest challenge in this bracket still would be LSU. I don't think Michigan State, with their injuries and their front court play, remember their uh, their back court is great. I think uh, that's the one team I would have a hard time, to be honest, seeing LSU beat because they're so good at the guard position. They have one of the top five players uh, in the country. If it's Duke and Michigan State, though, that front court of Duke is uh, just going to be too tough to handle. It's LSU Duke. We've seen Emmett Williams, Nas Reed, and company here. They can handle the front court. Here's a fun fact: the last time LSU was at in the Final Four was in 2006. They also knocked off Duke in the Sweet 16 that year. It would, it would be the Elite Eight if they knock them off this year. But they also started that tournament in Jacksonville, well, where LSU is playing Yale this year in Jacksonville. So, just a little fun fact: going back to the 2006 tournament, LSU knocks off Duke. They also started that tournament in Jacksonville. Two similar situations here in this tournament. So I mean, if you if you got those LSU vibes, I mean, don't be surprised if LSU you know gives them a, if they get there in Elite Eight, it'd be really interesting. Uh, Michigan State's player uh, Cassius Winston is one I was referencing there. He's um, all Big Ten um, uh, player this year and uh, Naismith finalist. Uh, uh, he's good. He's good. Watch out. I, I don't that if he plays Michigan State plays LSU. Who who would be your biggest upset in this in this Eastern? I don't conference? have. This is the thing. I don't have an upset. The one upset that I could see uh, if I'm look and upsets can happen anywhere. But if you want me to predict an upset, I'm not really convinced that Maryland is going to win that first round game against whoever wins that playing well, game. There is Belmont the there Temple. is the the trend that teams that play in that playing game. Every year, it seems like a team that get that eleven, the eleven or twelve seed that gets in that play-in game always somehow one of those teams gets to the gets to the Sweet Sixteen. So if if a, if a Belmont or Temple, whoever wins that game, I wouldn't be shocked if they if they beat Maryland. Like I could see that happening. I don't know if they'll get past LSU. If Yale somehow upsets LSU, I could see them potentially potentially eleven getting to the Sweet Sixteen. Um, so that'll be interesting. You want there. A stat here. You think the five twelve is usually the upset? Uh, 
six seeds are just 36 and 28 since 2013 against the 11 seeds. So that is relatively close to 500. Not necessarily a toss-up here, but again, don't be surprised if you see um, you see Belmont or Temple advancing. I have Duke out of this bracket too. It's tough for me to see anybody give them a challenge, mainly because it's tough for me to see LSU getting to a regional final, especially when Michigan State's likely going to be in their way. Yeah, Michigan State's definitely the 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 team that LSU will have to get through. I, 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 if if I'm picking an upset, if I'm just throwing an upset out there that I don't think is going to happen, but if you're going to put me on record, I could see Bradley maybe potentially, potentially knocking off Michigan State just because the way Bradley's playing basketball right now, they 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 were 500 throughout the year and they've just turned it on late in their conference. But I still think Michigan State wins, but. It's a you know one of those upset alert potentials. Yeah, well, you're doing a veteran move there because if that doesn't happen, nobody's going to remember it. But if it does happen, you're going to say, "Listen to the podcast where I predicted this." So, nice job there, Tim. All right, that's the East region. We both have Duke. Let's go to the West region. Gonzaga, the one seed. Michigan, the two seed, and this bracket is the bracket of doom. Well, they call it in the World Cup the group of death. This is the bracket of death, and my Gonzaga Bulldogs are staring straight into the face of it. Here's some of the highlights: uh, Syracuse is an eight seed sitting right there across from Gonzaga where they play in week two. They get Baylor first. You've got Murray State and John Morantz, who I've said everybody needs to watch. Marquette is a sneaky kind of dark horse to possibly make a Final Four run. I'm seeing that. Uh, you have Florida State, which not only made that ACC championship game, they uh, beat Gonzaga last year, smashed them in the Sweet 16. You've got Texas Tech, who spent most of the year in the top ten as a three seed. You've got Nevada and Eric Musselman as a seven seed. Florida is in this bracket after beating LSU. That was enough to get him in. And of course you have Michigan, who's made the championship game two times in the last six years. I think they have the best coach, in-game coach right now in college basketball in John Beeline. This bracket is terrifying. Uh, the bottom half's a little more terrifying than the top half, but we're going to have a lot of fun watching this one play out. Yeah, I thought Zaga really got a bad draw here with this bracket. I like you said, you think Syracuse might give him trouble. I think Syracuse is going to lose in the first round, just because they're they haven't really won lately. They've 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 played hard, they've played well, but they just haven't gotten the Ws. That's why I kind of think Baylor gets the W here. Although Baylor's lost four in a row, so this is kind of like who's going to not suck more in this game. Um, this Marquette team, I've been following them all season. I have a good analogy for you later about them. Um, I actually think they beat Murray State. Murray State's got a guy who can score 40 points, but they can also lose. By, right, you yes. Know? So, it uh, is that 5-12 game, though. It is the 5-12 game. Marquette's defense went from the 200th last year to now in, like, top 36 in the country. So Marquette's defense is, if, if, if Murray State plays a good defensive team, they're going to be in trouble. It's happened this year. Um, I really like Florida State. Um, the one team I could see maybe making a run could be Buffalo. I like this Buffalo team a lot because Buffalo, they did win a tournament game last year. Um, they've been basically in the top 25 almost half the season because of just they've been dominating teams. I think they're in the, the MAC conference or MEAC, one of those conferences there. Um, but they're, they're, they're a solid team. Um, Texas Tech, number one defense efficiency in the country. So you got one of the top defensive teams in here. So you have a good Buffalo team that scores points potentially versus the number one defense in the country in the second round. So that's a good matchup. And uh, Nevada is a team that everyone kind of thinks can make a run. I, I don't really like this Nevada team anymore just because they're so up and down. Look what they did in the, in the, in the Mountain West tournament. They, they went from being a dominant team to just basically getting blown out by San Diego State. So um, if you're looking at, at potential who can come out of this bracket, I still think it's, it's Gonzaga and it's Michigan or Buffalo. Okay, so this, if we're going predictions now, so we're going to ask Nick, predict this bracket. Uh, it, I still would – 
favor Gonzaga and Michigan meeting in that regional final. Michigan and Gonzaga could be one of the games of the tournament. Those are two of the best programs in the country, two teams that have played in three combined national championships um, in the last handful of years. And I'm just going to hedge my bet here. Um, I am, you know me, I am a Gonzaga homer. This is their best team. But that loss in their conference tournament championship game when they lost by, was it, 13, 15 points to St. Mary's? That is very scary to me to think about Jim Beheim being able to prep off of that game <laughs> as the Syracuse, uh, uh, so the Syracuse team, what they would see in the second round. Um, I'm not saying I'm calling the upset. I'm just saying I'm on high upset alert there. Both teams, Michigan and Gonzaga, have very tough roads to that regional final. But because I think Michigan has the easier road standing in their way, if it's chalk, it would be Nevada, then Texas Tech, um, along with their opener against Montana, which they should win easily. I'm going to lean Michigan in this bracket slightly. That pains me to say, and maybe I'm doing it just because... um, I don't want to be the Gonzaga homer here, and I'm trying to do some you know, opposite uh, superstition stuff. But give me Michigan. I won't. Obviously, I'm not going to be surprised if Gonzaga wins this. I think they're one of the four best teams in basketball, but that road is tough, man. I kind of think this first round in this bracket, the, the West bracket right here, is kind of be is going to be mostly chalk, just because I think the the higher seeds, other than maybe Florida, I think the higher seeds are all just basically better. I, I think. Gonzaga's way better, obviously, there. Um, the 8-9 the matchup is a toss-up every time. Um, going back to this Marquette team, I think Marquette's better in this game, but Marquette's been one of those teams that hasn't closed all year. I kind of made an analogy, like, they're the guy that goes out to the bar with a bunch of guys, you know, bunch, bunch of bros. You know, he, your boy buys uh, he buys shots for all the girls. And then, he, like, you know, when it's 12 o'clock, he's ready to go, he's, you know, take that one girl home. All of a sudden, someone comes in and swoops him, swoops, swoops him, swoops him oh. you know, sweeps in on him because this Marquette team, they can't close. Like, they they <laughs> okay. lost to Seton Hall. That was a terrible analogy. So Murray State's the bro in, in the I bar? I think Murray State could be the guy that comes in and swoops the girl at 12 o'clock at night. John Morant's probably done that. I mean, he's, he's the BMOC right now for sure the thing with Marquette is that if they're if they're in a if they're in a tight game late in the game they just for some reason freak out they they can't get they shoot these three-pointers unnecessarily they 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 blew a 19-0 run uh against Seton Hall they were up 11 points against Seton Hall two weeks ago and lost the last four minutes of the game let Seton Hall go on a 14 19-0 run like and close out the game and lost so that's what worries me about Marquette. I just don't know if Marquette can close out games, but I think they're good enough to beat Murray State. I think the one upset in this tournament, uh, this bracket at least, could be Buffalo getting to the Elite Eight. I think Buffalo can get to the Elite Eight. I don't know if they're good enough to beat Zaga, but I think they're good enough to beat Texas Tech, and I think they could give Michigan a good game. Well, so don't tell Andrew Doak that. He's the, the Texas Tech alum. They have a good defense. Like I love Texas Tech going into this bracket. I thought one of those. I thought Texas Tech could be an Elite Eight team. The problem is they got a bad draw. And when you get a team like Buffalo, you get a team like Michigan, right, right next to them. It's like, how can you pick? You know, I'll take the better offense most of the time over the good defense. But then again, you know, they they played well. They lost. I think they lost to West Virginia in the Big Twelve tournament. But Texas Tech is not a bad team. Okay, so officially, who do you have coming out? I have. I'm going to say on on paper right now. On my bracket that I'll fill out, I'm going to go – oh, this pains me to say. I, I, I'm, I'm going to go Michigan. It's going to be head over heart. I, I like Gonzaga still. I think Gonzaga's – I think they're one of the most efficient teams in the country. Um, I think 
the good thing is they don't have they don't have to play Texas Tech, Michigan, or Buffalo. They just have to play one of the three. You know what's weird about them? Let me, let me break in here. You know what's weird about their road? And this is what scares me too. They have to play varying types of basketball in two weeks in order to make this final four. They'd have to play Syracuse with that ridiculous zone defense. Then they'd have to play, I'm just talking about chalk here, they'd have to play play, uh, Florida State, an ACC team who can score and defend. Then they would have to play Michigan, right, who is just an offensive juggernaut that plays defense uh, as well as pretty much anybody in the country also. It's it's that road for Gonzaga that worries me. Well, I mean, if they everybody expects them to take care of Farley Dickinson or Prairie View very easily, this is not going to be your UMBC Virginia. This is not happening there. But after that, that's three games that scare the daylights out of me. The good thing is about Gonzaga is that they're going to play in Anaheim in the in the Elite Eight in the Sweet Sixteen. So travel will definitely be a factor for other teams like Florida State, for Marquette, for Buffalo, potentially for Michigan. So Gonzaga is really going to have the home court advantage because they're playing out west. So that's one thing you have to also consider. Um, Travel does affect some teams in the tournament. Um, But then again, you never know with the team. I I just think Gonzaga, if they can face a Marquette, if Marquette can make a run, I do. I love love Gonzaga against Marquette in the Sweet 16. Um, But I really think Buffalo can make a run. I I think Gonzaga can handle Texas Tech. Uh, But but like again, like you said, I think it comes down to Zaga, Michigan State. But in my bracket, I'm probably going to take Buffalo. Yeah. All right. So let's go to the South region. Virginia's the number one here. And I'll just say right off the top, I have taken Virginia in two out of the last three years to win the national championship. And they've gotten eliminated early, haven't even made the Sweet 16. We know last year they lost to the 16 seed at UMBC. If you think, if anybody thinks, no matter what I think about ten, uh, Virginia this year, that I'm taking Virginia to even make a Final Four, not going to happen. I've been burned way too many times. I love Tony Bennett. I'm sorry. I can't do it till I actually see it happen. This has been way too long of it. It's not even a trend. It's just almost a fact now with this program under Tony Bennett. They can't get uh, to a Sweet 16 or beyond it, even when they're seated high. Other highlights of this bracket, Wisconsin-Oregon, the 5-12 game is very interesting. Oregon winning the Pac-12 championship. Nobody expected them to even be in this tournament. Defending champion Villanova is the sixth seed taking on Gonzaga Slayer St. Mary's. Watch that one. That should be one of the better games of this first weekend. You've got Tennessee against Colgate. Tennessee is the two seed. Purdue the three seed. I like Tennessee in this bracket. They should handle Colgate. I do not think... Either Cincinnati or Iowa will be a problem. And then you're talking about a depleted Villanova off what they had last year, likely uh, in the Sweet 16. And even if they get chalk, if it's Virginia, they're one of the teams that I think has the physicality in the front court and the really the guard, uh, at least the solid enough guard play to stay away from turnovers. Where uh, Tennessee, oddly, yes, I know they just got blown out in an SEC title game. I understand that. Rick Barnes. Yes, Rick Rick Barnes. But Rick Barnes, yeah, Rick Barnes never wins these conference championship games. But yeah, give me give me a little Tennessee in this bracket. I don't make my prediction early. Um, again, this is mainly because I have been burned way too many times by Virginia in March. I would have thought Virginia was the number one overall seed based on this draw because I just don't see anybody challenging Virginia up until basically the Elite Eight. I mean, they're going to destroy Gardner Webb. Like, well, the, it doesn't matter what the spread is right, based on last, last year. year yes, yeah. I it could be minus fifty. Give me Virginia because it's it's going to be a bloodbath, and I don't think Ole Miss or or Oklahoma challenge them. I have a hard time betting 
and, and actually just backing big, you know, Pac-12 schools because the Pac-12 has been awful. I just thought they were going to have they're going to be a one bid team league this year. Yeah, three. And Oregon, Oregon actually they're they're playing good basketball. Their defense has gotten a lot better. And then you have a Kansas State team who won the big the Big Twelve conference in the regular season, but Dean Wade might not be there for their their best player. So and they and they actually got to the Elite Eight last year with without Dean Wade. So. You have a you have two you have a conference champion in Kansas State and you have a tournament champion in Oregon potentially playing Virginia. I think Virginia handles easily both of those teams. I think the sleeper in this in this bracket is Villanova. I think Villanova is not the the way they played earlier this season is not the same Villanova team that played this past weekend in the big in the I'm sorry the Big East tournament. I, I just don't I can't back Rick Barnes. I've told you all week. I just don't think Rick Barnes is a good tournament. I think he's a good you know first first weekend head coach. I just think when it comes to good competition, I think this Tennessee team gets to the Sweet 16. He made a Final Four, remember? He made a Final Four, remember? Let me turn on my mic. I think he did. Um, I know he has Texas teams. Uh, with the, it's the, it was the one with um, Kevin Durant, right? Yeah, I want to say that. I know they got to the lead eight when LSU beat them in 06. Um, LSU beat Texas then. Um, I don't really see many upsets in this bracket. I think the Midwest is where you're going to see the upsets, which is the next bracket. Um, the only upset team I, I can see in that, I don't really consider Oregon beating Wisconsin an upset because right now the spread in Vegas is Wisconsin minus one. Yeah, so it's a pick. I mean, it's a 5 12. And Oregon's probably the better team. Wisconsin's not playing good basketball right now. They're, 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 they're one of the, I'm looking at my notes right now for Wisconsin. They're one of the they're the second worst free throw shooting team in the, in the tournament right now at three thirty three. You would think with the Wisconsin team they'd be great free throw shooting, but they're awful. So I mean, looking at it that way, I just think it comes down to Virginia versus whoever wins that Nova Tennessee matchup. And if I'm taking taking it now, I just think Villanova's playing their best basketball. So give me Villanova Virginia in the Elite Eight. All right, so uh, we'll get to some trends here a little bit later, talking about higher lower seeds. It's a good segue. But uh, So that's the South. Let's go to the Midwest, the final bracket here. North Carolina is the number one seed. Other highlights, Auburn, who won that SEC tournament, they get a five seeds on that same half of the bracket as North Carolina. Then you've got Houston. Kelvin Sampson squads the three seed. A lot of people high on Houston. Kentucky, almost a one seed, probably would have been had they won the SEC tournament. They get the two seed on the opposite side. Uh, this isn't a bracket of doom, but it's probably the second toughest bracket from top to bottom, in my mind, um, out there. Uh, I love North Carolina. I think right now they are my pick to win this tournament. Again, probably a little spoiler for later. Um, I know that they got beat by Duke by a single point in Zion's return, or well, I guess the semifinal after Zion's return. They're playing return. good basketball right They're now. playing great basketball right now. I'm less sold on Kentucky. I do not think they have the play in the backcourt to make a deep run this time of year, which is what you have to have, which is one of the reasons why I'm concerned about LSU a little bit beyond the first weekend. Like Carolina, I like Houston. Auburn's on fire right now. Um Top half of the bracket I like more than the bottom half, but this is North Carolina's bracket for me. I call this one the chaos bracket because I think this is where you're going to see your upsets. I think a team like Auburn, they're a three-point shooting team. They're playing one of the hottest teams in college basketball right now in New Mexico State. New Mexico State's won 19 in a row. The only team that's won more is actually a team in that same bracket as Wolford. They've won 20 in a row. So don't be shocked if New Mexico State – this is my upset pick of the tournament. New Mexico State is going to lay it on Auburn this tournament because – Auburn's like they're coming off hot off the SEC off 
you know, the SEC tournament. But who did Auburn really play besides Tennessee? They played a South Carolina team, and I don't know who they played before that. But they did, they played Florida. They didn't play a Kentucky. They didn't play an right. LSU. So like, and they're capable of beating Tennessee. They, I think, I think they beat them earlier in the regular season. So I'm not really sold on this Auburn team. And another team I'm not really sold on is Kansas. Kansas has been pretty terrible away from home this year. When you when Kansas on the road has a losing record, and then we saw how vulnerable they are against Iowa State in the in the Big Twelve championship game. They were shooting terrible. They had terrible defense. I know if there's one, this is going to be my dog. I mentioned the dog mascots, but this one dog in this tournament I like a lot, and it's Northeast. I don't really know much Northeastern. I don't know really much about them, but I just can't back Kansas because Kansas is a team this year that's they got the whole FBI and you know wiretap thing on them as well. They well not technically, but like you know they've been mentioned in that. Um, they have that on them. They've just been bad on the road. I just like. If there's always some somewheres in every bracket where there's double digits playing each other, I like New Mexico State to play North Northeastern and the and for a trip to the uh, Sweet 16 there. And other than that, I just think UNC, uh, Houston, Kentucky. I think those are the teams to beat. There's not really much upset, although we're getting a lot of love from Walford. I don't know how you feel about Walford. Well, they're they're highly ranked in the net, a um, little bit less so in Ken Palm and Sagarin, but I have seen the love right. Yeah, I just think Seton Hall's playing good basketball. I just I like Seton Hall to beat them here. I, I don't know, I don't know who Walford's played this year, but I know they've played. They've they've won a lot. Uh, Seton Hall tested Villanova. They beat they beat Marquette recently. They've played good basketball. I, I can see Seton Hall beating Walford, but I think Kentucky. Um, at the end of the day, I think they win this Midwest bracket. I just think Calipari. When I, I it's all going to come down to UNC Kentucky here. I think both of us can agree on that, or maybe Houston. Houston's a good team, but I don't know if they'll get out of that. Kentucky match. Who's your pick here? I've got North Carolina. I got Kentucky. I think Kentucky is. Uh, I think when those freshmen, they the, from where they played against Duke earlier this season to where they are now, the maturity that the, the team's grown so much that you're. It could be. It's going to be a toss up. I think between UNC and Kentucky. All right, let's talk about uh, some upset specials here, tournament wide. Um, before we call it a show, just the last ten tournaments in the opening round, uh, the higher seeded team has won seventy two percent of the time. Um, so that's less than three-quarters of the time. So about one out of every four games there, you're going to have an upset. We know the 5-12 games is basically a, a coin flip, as are the we know that the 8-9 seed is. If you're talking about the 7 versus 10 seed in the last 10 tournaments, that's actually been a pretty good pick. The 7 seed's been pretty good here, 24-16. and 16. Uh, since 03, they're 41 and 23. This isn't like, I don't know why this is, but for some reason, it's the 5 12 matchup and the 6 11 matchup that have given teams problems. Um, so, that said, Tim, give me a team or two you are looking out for to make a Cinderella type run. Well, I, I think I think a lot of the reason why these 5 12 matchups are always hitting, especially the, the four, the fives, and the sixes, is because a lot of these four, five, and sixes. Are not elite teams, but they're middle. You know, they're top twenty-five teams still. They're and they're vulnerable at some way. So you see a lot of you see a lot of mid majors playing them, and these mid majors are are good enough to knock off a top twenty-five team potentially. So I'm think when I look at these five seeds, I see a lot of overrated five seeds. I see an overrated Wisconsin team. I see an overrated Mississippi State team. I see an overrated Marquette team, although I think they win the first game, and I see an overrated Auburn team. So like. I could see a lot of 12s winning here. I can also see a lot of 4s losing as well because I see Kansas State without their best player. Kansas has been terrible on the road, like I mentioned. Um, 
looking at the four, Florida State's been pretty good, and Virginia Tech's been decent. So if I'm looking at a double-digit upset, I mentioned it earlier, I like New Mexico State, the 12 seed to beat the five in Auburn, and I like the 13 seed Northeastern to beat Kansas. Um, and the other the other big seed I think goes down is I, th- I think Purdue, the, the three seed in the South bracket, I think Old Dominion, they beat Western Kentucky on Saturday. Old Dominion's got a really hot three-point shooting team. You know, those, those teams that shoot – you know, from the perimeter, they live and die on the three. I think they can live one game on the perimeter and beat Purdue, who's kind of struggled in the Big Ten this year. Purdue's, I mean, Purdue's one of those teams that you can always think they make a run, but sometimes, sometimes they just fall apart. I don't, I don't think I don't think it's Purdue's this. I don't think it's their year. Give me Old Dominion to knock off Purdue. Okay, my one upset, and I've just been on this for the last few weeks, and it's because of the player. Big-time players in this tournament, we often see them advance on these lower-rated teams. You know where I'm going here. John Morant. I'm going Ja Morant against Marquette. Uh, Murray State, he's going to be a sensational point guard at the NBA level. I mean, he's a true point guard, big kid. He can score, but he also is averaging over 10 assists per game. He's averaging a double-double every game, folks, and not with rebounds, with assists. Don't be surprised, and again, this is the bracket of doom here in the West. Don't be surprised if you see Murray State even get to a Sweet 16 playing like a Gonzaga or maybe Syracuse. Um, again, it's just I've seen it way too often, Tim, where you have these big-time players on these small major teams um, or mid-major teams make big-time runs. So give me a little Murray State action here. And finally, big question, who do you have winning it all? I have Virginia versus Duke Part 3. In the finals, and I think Virginia finally takes it to them. I think Virginia wins a tight win against Duke in the finals, so give me Virginia over Duke. I'm not taking Virginia. You know this. Uh, I would love. By the way, I would love Virginia to actually win because I uh, Tony Bennett's talk about clean coaches and non-clean coaches, or we've been having that discussion in the last few weeks. There's not a more squeaky clean coach in college basketball that doesn't, in my view, the right way than Tony Bennett. So I would love Virginia to win it. Don't get me wrong. I'm just staying away. I'm staying away. This is the first year I've actually taken Virginia. I know. And I Every know. other year it's either like UNC or it's like some other, you know, it's some other ACC school or big big time school. First year taking Virginia, hoping it, it pays off. Give me the matchup that, frankly, all of college basketball and certainly CBS would love, and that's Duke-Carolina. Give me a Duke-Carolina final, and I think experience wins out here with the senior-laden team that is Carolina. Yes, they have Colby White, who's a sensational freshman. Luke May is the heart and soul of that team. He's played in a couple of national titles before. I like North Carolina to win this championship, which would be their third trip in the past four years of that title game, and it would be their second title in three years for Roy Williams. So I have Carolina. You ready for some madness, Tim? As long as Duke doesn't win it this year, I think I'll be ready for anything. I don't even mind if UNC wins it. I just don't want to see Duke win it. <laughs> no. Like, yeah, I, I, many, many, people, Zion, many people out there can agree with me. They don't want to see Duke win it. It's, like, it's Duke versus everybody. And I think you'll take everybody most of the time, unless you're a Duke fan. Yeah, that's true. All right, Tim. Uh, where's your social media? Where can people follow you at? Uh, TimZim1613 on Twitter. It's always Twitter. Seth Dunlap on Twitter. And you can also uh, hear our show. Tim produces. I am the uh, you know the, the monkey behind the scenes pulling the strings, the show host of The Last Lap, every weeknight, 8 to 11 on WWL. That's our tournament special. Please shoot me an email, Seth at WWL, or you can hit me up on Twitter, and we'll talk about this more on the show. That'll do it. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.